This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events. We could see a lot more electric vehicles on the road pretty soon. That's because the Biden administration is taking a big step toward an electrified future. This is the Reset Podcast. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Here's Michael Regan, administrator of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. I'm pleased to announce that EPA is proposing the strongest ever federal pollution technology standards for both cars and trucks. These new strongest ever emission standards mean that two-thirds of all new vehicles sold by 2032 will need to be electric. So what impact could this have on people's health and the health of our planet? We talked to Danny Robles, climate policy director at the Illinois Environmental Council. We'll also hear from Brian Urbaszewski, director of health programs for the Respiratory Health Association, and Larissa Kohler, director of vehicle electrification and senior attorney at the Environmental Defense Fund. Danny, what was your initial reaction when you heard about these new emissions standards? I was uh, excited, to be honest with you. Um, I think a lot of the, the work that uh, environmentalists and climate advocates had been doing for uh, the last 20 years to raise awareness on carbon emissions uh, led to this point. Um, you know, during President Biden's uh, initial run for office, there was a lot of advocacy done to make sure that we were driving the point home that CO2 emissions is something that people in my generation, the generation below us, are concerned about mm-hmm. and um, some of the steps that we need to get there to uh, mitigate some of the damage. Um is tackling uh, carbon emissions from from cars. So sure, yeah, yeah. Brian, your initial reaction to the regulations? Well, I was paying most attention to the truck uh, rules, and you know, it's 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 definitely an improvement. This is this is something that we haven't seen at the federal level uh, yet, um, but it's still a little bit further behind uh, what California and a number of other states have done that Illinois could actually join as well. Um, so it's 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 definitely. You know, uh, a start on a, a long step in the right a direction. Step in the right direction yeah. is what the way I'd put it. Sounds like it. And Larissa, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Agree with my colleagues. I think it's important to recognize that this is a momentous step from the Environmental Protection Agency. Um, together, these standards represent the most ambitious effort by that federal agency to reduce emissions. And I think it's a recognition, as Danny said, of what we've been fighting for for a long time, that these emissions from transportation, which make up the single biggest portion of emissions across the country, are something that needs to be tackled. And these standards alongside state standards are a a great way to do that. Yeah. And we should point out that these are just proposed rules at this point. They still need final approval and uh, there will be a period of, of public comment. But back to you, Larissa, I want you to sort of walk us through some of the specifics here. Uh, The EPA isn't requiring that automakers sell EVs, but that is the goal. Explain. That that is the goal. That's right. So these standards are uh, don't specify a specific technology, but the emission standards that are proposed in these in in these uh, separate rules, there's both a light duty and a heavy duty standard, are such that probably the most 
logical way to actually achieve those emission standards is through more zero emission vehicles, more electric vehicles. So the light duty standard, the proposed emission standards will probably result in about, as you said, two thirds of light duty vehicles being zero emissions by 2032. Mm -hmm. And on the heavy duty side, somewhere between 25 and almost 60 percent of, of trucks and buses on the road will probably yeah. be zero emission. Yeah, they said that uh, by 2032, these rules will result in 67 percent of new vehicles sold That's to right. be EVs. So, Brian, many of the headlines I've noticed from the announcement last week, they focused on, on what this will mean for consumer vehicles. Um, but there are also, as you mentioned, regulations for heavy duty vehicles like the d- delivery trucks and, and buses. Talk about that. Sure. Well, it's funny because we're actually building them here in Illinois. I mean, Rivian uh, is building Amazon delivery vehicles um, in Bloomington Normal right now. Uh, yeah. and they've got a contract to build 100,000 of them. So that 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 ship is already sailing. Um, and those light duty vehicle, lighter duty commercial vehicles are uh, where US EPA's rule is actually pretty good. Uh, it's it's almost uh, on the same par with where California is. The, the problem with um, where, it, where it falls short is some of those larger vehicles. So when you get into things like school buses or a cement truck, or especially things like semi-trucks. Um, that's where uh, California is much further ahead mm-hmm. by, by 2032. And California's rules actually go all the way out to 2035. So they get to the point where like 40 to 75 percent of these vehicles are going to be electric mm-hmm. by 2035. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's why we want to get Illinois on that path. Another- Any thoughts as to why we didn't go in that direction in the first place? Well, this is something where, you know, Governor Pritzker is going to have to make a decision on where he wants to go with this. I mean, do what we have right now is uh, a lot of commercial traffic, a lot of warehousing, a lot of factories uh, that rely on the semi-trailer trucks. Um, we're the freight crossroads of the country here. All the railroads come here. All, everything goes in every sure. different direction. Um, and so uh, a lot of the communities that live near those facilities are breathing a lot of the diesel soot and a lot of the other um, harmful components of diesel exhaust. And you know, if you are low income, you are much more likely to be breathing air pollution. If you are a minority, you're much more likely to be, be, be breathing more air pollution. So there's a disproportionate impact. Mm-hmm. And that's why we really need to move faster on that segment in particular, because we, we, we see people that are already suffering the health consequences and we need to get mm-hmm. there. We need deeper cuts and we need, need to get them faster. Yeah. To that end, Danny, talk more about why it's so significant that they're also raising the standards for the industrial vehicles. Yeah. So as Brian um, was Talking about that, you know, a lot of research has shown that uh, carbon emissions within uh, those heavy-duty and medium-duty vehicles have a disproportionate uh, amount of pollutants in the air. Um, While those vehicles only account for about 7% of the vehicles on the road, um, they represent about 67% uh, of nitrous oxides in the atmosphere, about 56% of particle matter in the atmosphere mm. and 36% of the greenhouse emissions in the atmosphere. So, That's you know, lot. someone who lives around the I-55 corridor, like, can breathe that. Anyone driving the I-55 corridor, like, roll down your windows right now, smell that in. That is the air that hundreds of thousands of family members or, yeah, families are, are, are living across the country. And um, it's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, we're really – Cautiously excited about the passenger vehicle stuff, but the heavy-duty vehicle uh, rules uh, leave us with a a bit more to do here in Illinois. Yeah, more analysis here from the New York Times. Transportation accounts for more energy use in the U.S. than any other sector. If you look at 2021, for instance, transportation used more than twice as much energy as homes. 
Wow. So, uh, Larissa, the EPA says that these new rules are going to eliminate 7.3 billion tons of CO2 emissions. Can you just help us wrap our minds around what that number means in, in practical terms? In practical terms, that means taking so, I mean, hundreds of thousands of vehicles off the road, probably. Um, and as Danny said, uh Reducing those greenhouse gas emissions is going to help mitigate climate change, which is obviously going to be something that we're going to be dealing with over the next decades. And I think if you put more zero emission vehicles on the road, even though the heavy duty EPA standards are focused on greenhouse gas emissions, you're also going to be reducing as a result these harmful air air quality impacting emissions like nitrogen oxides and particulate matter that directly impact human health. So taking those vehicles off the road is just taking those emissions off the road, I should say, is just going to be hugely impactful for everyone's health and the climate. Danny, I want you to also help us make sense of how these proposed regulations fit into emission standards around the country, because some states, they've got their own separate rules. I know we've talked a little bit about California, for instance, right? Definitely. Um, you know, I think these rules really help uh, put the rest of the country in a pathway to get to the cleaner air. Um, like Brian has been saying, California is definitely way ahead of uh, the game in in these rules. Um, that's something that here in Illinois, we, we've been pushing our state legislature and governor to adopt those rules as well to get our state um, to meet some of those uh, other states. Um, there's a consortium of states across the East Coast and the West Coast that are already in, in that pathway to um, have um, a larger proportion of zero emission vehicles on the road. Um, and Governor Pritzker has made like uh, allusion that he wants a million vehicles mm. to be electric by the road by 2030. Um, and for us to get there, we really need, be, need to be meeting um, these rules. Um, and uh, specifically for US EPA, it's realizing that there's a lot of other states that aren't quite there on uh, the science. They yeah. aren't quite there with their state legislatures in seeing the urgency of the climate impact, of um, the rules that need to be made. And there's still a lot of consumers out there who, you know, don't want to let go of their trucks or SUVs, these cars that, you know, are producing more carbon emissions um, per mile than other vehicles. And uh, I think what we really need to continue doing is continue developing culture shift of um, we can't fight the solution or we can't fight climate change we can't fight pollution with just cars and trucks there's also a, a larger conversation to be had about uh infrastructure in public transportation in bike um infrastructure in walkability in our cities mm -hmm. in accessibility to um other options uh, equitable modes of transportation um to be able to uh you know tackle the 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 crisis at, at the scale it needs to. Yeah. Anything to add, Brian? Where Where is Illinois at in, in terms of, you know, thinking across the country when it comes to improving air quality and just respiratory health in general? Well, when we're focusing just on the, the heavy-duty diesels, which are the, the big concern on local health, local air pollution exposure, um, you know, California has standards where uh, about 40 percent of Big semi-trucks are going to have to be electric by about 2030 in mm -hmm. California. The EPA standards, we're looking at somewhere around 15%. So it's literally about you know, two-thirds bigger uh, and faster, uh, which is going to bring those health benefits here. Um, 
you know, it's it's a, it's also just kind of interesting too, like where EPA is on both the car and the truck standards. That um, you know, we were talking beforehand. You know, the, President Biden's original target was like fifty percent by 2030 Mm -hmm. to get electric vehicles on the road. And now they're up to like two thirds almost. Uh, And it's because the technology has just jumped so far ahead. And not only that, but I think the, you know, the bipartisan infrastructure law and the Inflation Reduction Act have really juiced the industry. And there's billions and billions of dollars being invested in in retooling and rebuilding new uh, vehicle factories, battery factories that you see in the news every day. Uh, so, so it's, it's, it's only accelerated over the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. we're, we're optimistic that, um, you know, not only is the, the vehicle manufacturing industry looking at this, but, uh, folks that are going to be using these are also seeing the benefits of, um, much less cost for, for fueling or for, you know, the operation of a vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, much less cost for repairs and maintenance on the vehicles. And so there's going to be benefits to, to folks beyond um, beyond the health and beyond the climate benefits. Yeah, Larissa, the auto industry was already heading in the electric direction. So why apply these strict standards now? Uh, great question. So I think it, it's important to recognize that you need both a carrot and a stick. So you need those standards and you need the incentives to actually enable the achievement of those standards. So the standards are important because we need to uh, enact a strong market signal. So without those standards, um, you have, as you said, a lot of automakers uh, striving for clear goals, but you won't ensure that those goals actually happen without those standards. Um, and as Brian said, the incentives are important mm-hmm. and we're recognizing the the cost ownership benefits of these vehicles, but you need those standards as a first step in order to actually uh, get to those uh, benefits. So here's the pushback, Danny. Some people in the auto industry, they're alarmed by the EPA announcement. Uh, they're saying that these rules will speed up the EV transition too much and the infrastructure isn't there. What do you think about that argument? I think that's a false argument, um, to be honest with you. You know, in um, the 1920s, we went through an industrial revolution that really changed the way that uh, we as Americans live in society. And um, a lot of what we as climate activists have been saying is that we do have the technology and infrastructure available right now to make a renewable evolution to meet the demand that we need right now. And, you know, I understand their concern because there's a lot of people out there um, who rely heavily on the current market of um, internal engine combustion cars right now. Yeah. So um, my my dad's one of those guys, too. He was a union automaker for mm-hmm. 20 years. Um, and funnily enough, uh, we went to the auto show this year to – uh, see all the new cars, and there was a large line. There's a lot of EVs this year. A lot of EVs, yeah. and I was super excited to get in line to test drive all of them. I told them, like, hey, I'm going uh, to be test driving my future car here. Mm-hmm. And when we tried to get them, get my dad on, he was just like, nope, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready for it. And I think there's a lot of motorheads out there, a lot of people in the auto industry that realize that um, it, this transition's scary. It's, it's a Unions are concerned, shift. too, that, you know, it, that it's going to lead to layoffs. Because it, you need fewer workers to, to construct EVs. Definitely. Yeah. And, and that's a concern that we're hearing uh, across uh, the country in all the uh, industries that um, are polluting CO2 emissions right now. Um, and that is a, a lot of the conversation that us as climate activists continue to develop about language around just transition, mm-hmm. um, making sure that workers who are impacted by this shift in renewable energy we're providing them pathways to get 
involved in the renewable energy industry, um, which was part of, um, you know, Governor Pritzker's uh, Climate and Equitable Jobs Act that passed two years ago, making sure that we create those pathways of apprenticeship programs, training programs, um, and also um, budgetary adjustments for people who are impacted by yeah. that. I'm wondering about the um, the feasibility of these rules being implemented, Larissa, because um, there are already legal challenges that are, are being mounted against the EPA rules, and then 2024 we know is a presidential election year. So could these regulations, you think, be reversed if maybe a Republican wins the White House? So obviously I can't say it's not a risk. It's always a risk. Um, but I do think it's important to recognize that the EPA is well within its legal authority to enact these standards. They've been uh, uh, trying to tackle emissions from transportation for the last 50 years and have been doing it successfully. Um, the Alliance for Automotive Innovation has previously um, been supportive of EPA standards and they're responsible or oversee about 98% of, of automakers in the country. So I think that's impactful. Unfortunately, we might see some attorney generals around the country try and push back on these rules, which is unfortunate because that's actually those are the same states where we're seeing a lot of manufacturing innovation. So mm -hmm. it's um, sort of cutting off your nose to spite your face, so to speak. So, yes, it's possible, but I think EPA is on firm footing and I think we'll be able to successfully push back on any challenges. Any thoughts there, Brian? I would repeat everything Larissa just said. <laughs> uh, Danny? Um, yeah, in, in agreement with Larissa. You know, I think uh, specifically right now, the direction that the country is going, talking to young people who are concerned about the environment, I think this is one of those uh, issues that is bringing a lot of young voters to be aware of how decision is being made and mm -hmm. how to keep uh, pressure and accountability on decision makers. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of states that have young people who are actively engaged in those conversations. And part of part of the goal for um, future climate activists is like making sure we get to the other states to influence a lot of the younger generation. Yeah. And we'll be talking more about Illinois after we take our, our break in a moment, Danny. But leave us with this in terms of climate policy. Just, you know, what could these new rules mean for our state, if you had to sum it up? Yeah. Um, what this means, y'all, is there's going to be a lot of electrical vehicle um, options in the next few years, um, which is probably going to drive the, the price of these electrical vehicles when we have competition. We also have uh, a market share to uh, reduce those prices. So um, across Illinois, we can expect uh, infrastructure to continue developing, um, cities continue to adopt uh, policies that um, will increase infrastructure so it makes it easier for um, uh, private auto um, owner to uh, charge at their own home. So we're going to see a lot of incredible evolution in our markets. We've been talking with Danny Robles from the Illinois Environmental Council, Brian Urbaszewski from the Respiratory Health Association, and Larissa Kohler, who's Director of Vehicle Electrification and Senior Attorney at the Environmental Defense Fund. Thank you all. This episode of Reset was produced by Andrew Merriweather, and it was edited by Ethan Schwab and Daniel Tucker. If you liked this episode, be sure to show us some love by leaving a rating and review. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk again this afternoon.
Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.